Nobody by Ila Nashula and starring Bob Oldenkirk is a movie written by Derek Kolstad, who was the creator of the John Wick movies, and I wanted to get all those names right. So Nobody is a revenge thriller type movie, I'd probably say more action, um, and it's kind of fundamentally about a guy who kind of snaps and wants to protect his family. Um, turns out he is, he's hidden his past and he's far more kick-ass and, and sort of able to take on countless henchmen um, as the movie dictates. So, as I said, this movie is created or written, the screenplay, by the gentleman who had created the John Wick franchise. And, yes, I mean, that is 100% up there in your face, the whole movie. It is the plot, even though there are differences, centers around a similar, similar structure. It's basically like, how do I take John Wick but create something slightly different out of it. Um, and huzzah, here you go. Now, I think when you watch this movie, you understand that they're blatantly trying to set up a franchise. And they're trying to set up a franchise which almost probably goes down the kind of crazy spy route um, that, uh, that John Wick isn't about. John Wick's about an assassin world that's been kind of created. But I think within John Wick, even though obviously as each movie went on, they kind of created more and more rules, there was something underpinning it. You understood it was a very fantasy kind of world that you're not meant to necessarily believe um, uh, sort of police exist or anything like that at least for the assassins um, I think in this movie it's trying to be a little bit more grounded which is a kind of stretch but nothing makes sense like there, there are no fire engines there are no police at the end I feel like it's kind of thrown away that he clearly has kind of influence or a job that people help him kind of away from kind of being done from the law so he's obviously worked for the US government at some point um, and so that just allows him to do anything and so there's no stakes you know you know that basically he's untouchable and because he's untouchable you believe that he's never going to die now does that mean you can't have some fun I think you can I think it's incredibly well choreographed it's fun Bob Odenhawk has this kind of everyman depressedness if, and if you've ever heard an interview that's kind of exactly how he is in real life that kind of works. You kind of stay with it. It's it's fun. It's quite engaging. The world is it's kind of interesting. The fight scenes are very brutal. I would say it's definitely more bloody than the first John Wick, or at least not bathed in as much darkness as the first one. A number of those fights were pretty, uh, pretty dark. Um, so yeah, it exists. It's fine. It's <clears throat> an average movie. It's if it had come out before John Wick, we might be sat here going, wow. Though that movie that did all that really kind of cool stuff, that was new and interesting, but it didn't. And it's come after three John Wick movies and it's not particularly different. So it's watchable. Um, I suggest it's watch at home with a bunch of beers and people who like really fast action and you probably will have a good time. Uh, nothing makes it stand out beyond that. It's kind of, like I say, kind of quite beautifully shot while directed in terms of um, the choreography. Bob Odenhawk is pretty good in it, and the supporting cast are okay. No one stands out as being terrible, but again, all the motivations are there to push Bob in one direction more so than anyone else's. So, yes, watch it if you've got nothing else to do. It's a solid 3 out of 5, 6 out of 10, but really probably will never go back above that. And unlike John Wick, I probably wouldn't search out number 2 if it came out.
So, another round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, recent winner of the Best Foreign Language Movie, I believe, at the Oscars. It's a good movie with a very, very silly premise. So, it's uh, set around the idea of a group of teachers testing a hypothesis around drinking, kind of aiding your performance, or human beings are lacking something that alcohol gives you scientifically, and if you just top yourself up almost every day, then you're going to be performing better in life and you'll be very happy. And obviously, this spirals out into the inevitable kind of conclusions that you can kind of make from the movie. Um, and yeah, it's a silly premise, and because it's well-directed, it's very beautifully shot, um, and because the actors the men in it and it is a very man story in terms of kind of loneliness then going off the rails and kind of where you seek kind of fulfillment um it's it's believable and so you stay with the movie the whole time um now it's not great because again something with a premise like that you really really need to stick some of the emotion between the relationships and I believe that that probably didn't quite happen, um, especially between Mads Mikkelsen and his wife, which is one of the most key central aspects of, of the movie. So by the end and when you're trying to get this ambiguous kind of you make up what you think is kind of happened at the end or what the future is going to be yourself, um, I'm not so sure you kind of really kind of understood or got it very clear what the message was behind that. Because, again, I don't think they kind of quite nailed uh, everything to do with the wife and Mads uh, kind of character that saying that it was enjoyable it's definitely worth watching i haven't seen enough foreign language movies this year to really say whether it's the best um and it's already getting a remake with leonardo dicaprio being rumored to star in so do watch it mad mickelson is always good in movies even movies that i tend to not like wrote one um so yeah he's good enjoyable watch it um maybe do a drinking game with it then feel hungover for four days and that's about it from the movie so it's Hello everyone and welcome to Crush Popcorn. I'm your host Mark Johnson and today we have a very short review about a movie called I Care A Lot. It's by a director called Jonathan Blakeson, I believe, and it's starring Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage. So there is some star power behind this. Now this movie is very interesting because it received a 75% Rotten Tomato score from critics but an only 35% audience score. Now, I will have to say, I think the audience is absolutely right on this point. I'm very surprised that any critic has given this a very, very good review. Um, if you do scroll through some of the critics that have reviewed this movie, there's not any that you particularly recognise. And when I say The Spectator from the UK gave it a very good review, that probably says all you need to know. Um, it's a weird movie because the premise is actually fairly interesting. I actually really did think it was going to be this um, kind of cagey, smart, dark thriller with elements, just tiny elements of comedy that come from the situation. Um, and I think what we got was neither something that was very smart, neither that wasn't really thrilling. And I don't think I laughed once, even by a situation. Um, even with the star power it's got, I thought Neva was actually great in this movie. Um, but I think that's because the material was something you actually couldn't do much with. Um, it felt like it was so in love with its ending that it needed to jump through some kind of narrative hoops to get to that point. Which meant that by then, by the time you got to the end, you really didn't care about anyone. And that's another thing. You can have dark comedies and have really, really bad characters. But you've got to care about something in the movie somewhere. And actually, this movie 
made you care about no one. There, were, there was no one in the movie that I actually cared about. And even the old person's home premise, which actually is very interesting because, I mean, there's a lot of history and true story behind the corruption within, within that, especially in the United States. There was no one I should care for. Even the woman that was going through this was someone who has a dark past who's part of the mafia. So fundamentally, you didn't care about any of the kind of characters. Um, I didn't have enough fun with the characters to actually really want to stay with them. It wasn't, like I say, as smart as I think it really thinks it actually is. Directing-wise, it wasn't particularly interesting. I, I don't know. I just, I'm very surprised that critics would give it this good a score. Maybe people are, I don't know, bereft of movies to review, and so something comes along and they give it a slightly better score. So for me, it's, you're meant to have fun, even in dark movies, and this wasn't that. There is nothing to really enjoy about it. So I really would not recommend this movie um, in many ways compared to Army of the Dead, which we reviews recently. I would actually say I had more fun with that. There was elements of that where I was like, okay, that was an okay scene. Whereas this, I actually just got more annoyed by the movie as it went on, especially because of the waste of the star power and what could have been a very interesting premise actually if it had been given to a writer with more competence and maybe a director with more competence, I don't know. Anyway, stay well clear, it's not something I would recommend um, and see you soon. Everyone and welcome to Crush Popcorn and today is a quick fire review looking at A Quiet Place 2. A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2 were made by John Krasinski and it's starring his wife and himself uh, Emily Blunt. It, they are joined uh, for Quiet Place 2 by Cillian Murphy of Batman Begins fame and also um, Peaky Blinders I believe and also returning is probably the main child actress from the movie uh, the young girl in the first movie which is Melissa Fint Simmons. Now, the first thing to say about the movie is it's incredibly well made. It's very competent. Um, the cinematography is often beautiful and very stark, which is in keeping with what the movie needs. Uh, the directing kind of handles everything from the action to the kind of scene setting pretty well. And the um, score is good, if a little out of place. It felt more melancholy in the kind of road, uh, post-apocalyptic world. And so maybe had its high points when it, the, um, the world at its most quietest i think when it was actions it was pretty generic but still it's pretty good um so overall the movie itself um is actually well made and it's well put together the performances are generally pretty good um the standout is once again um, melissa Fint simmons um the rest of the adult actors were good if a little bit hamstrung by the general issues that with that i have with the movie now one of the first ones is the movie doesn't feel earned it doesn't feel like it actually earns its right to exist where you end up is almost exactly the same place as where you started with the movie and although there are some arcs of the characters i wouldn't say any of them are particularly strong or actually that different from what we found in the first movie so that just meant that there didn't feel like there was many stakes i finished i watched the movie and i finished thinking oh that could have been 20 minutes long or i actually could have been told that in a flashback or i'm not even sure why this movie existed because it didn't add anything to the world itself and that doesn't mean you have to kind of go big but you are talking about a post-apocalyptic world and you're making a second movie within it you do need to do more with that storyline 
Now, it also has a problem because it starts with a flashback of when everything started to happen, which is how you get John Krasinski in the movie. And I don't think it's particularly well done. Um, I don't think it's actually that interesting. It makes the aliens a little bit more generic, um, even though you don't find that much about them, but a little bit more. And it also has a bit of a ham-fisted kind of plotline device uh, um, that's kind of inserted in the thing. And then when you hear it a bit later, you kind of groan a little bit because you're like, oh... That's the whole reason for why that kind of first 10 minutes existed. And by having that, it takes away a little bit from from the need of kind of telling the story of the characters that are existing at the moment, especially because the movie isn't that long. And so by taking 10, 15 minutes at the start, you've actually taken away 10, 15 minutes of doing something with the characters, as it were. And so by doing that, you're left with kind of just a set piece more than anything and a tiny bit of a road movie and so not a lot happens and again it feels like it was a 15 20 minute scene that was kind of stretched out to make it into a movie um so that aside um the positives are again like i said melissa Fint simmons she's very very good in the movie um again very tender but very believable as a young lady who's kind of getting stronger has more belief in herself and what she can do and what she can offer her family in the world um or if even though her arc was kind of again sort of similar to the first movie um and cillian murphy's fine he actually does a good job of acting um but i wouldn't say it was particularly well constructed in terms of kind of the his backstory and kind of what he offered to the movie um and then there's a bit of a rubbishy kind of tense um scene near the end that kind of doesn't really pay off for me um and again that's where that plot device earlier in the movie kind of kind of suddenly comes out um emily blunt's fine if a little bit um not given much to work with um Again, it's kind of the movie's problem. There isn't much to work with, so she's fine, but doesn't do more than that. Uh, the young boy, um, and I've forgotten his name, does sort of similar things to what he did in the first movie and with some kind of arc, but not a particularly strong one. So again, like a lot of the issues come from the fact that the movie didn't really feel earned. So do I recommend it? We're pretty short on movies to watch at the cinema at the moment, and I had a fairly good time. It kind of clicked along, like I said, and there were moments to really enjoy about it. Um, so I think if you've seen the first one, you watch this one, you'll be like, okay, that was okay. I don't think it actually did anymore, and it's definitely not as good as the first one. If you haven't seen the first one, watch the first one, because it's a much better movie than the second one. I would recommend it because I believe... it doesn't do a disservice to the franchise um but it just if they make a third one and hopefully if they do they build on things in a much more satisfying way this will be seen as the kind of the poor filler out of the kind of better two movies so and then in a world where you are kind of expecting people to kind of be on a journey with the same characters you kind of needed to do more in the second movie to kind of expand upon who they are and what they're doing and again like i said you kind of end up at the end exactly where you started which i'm not sure is a very satisfactory um conclusion or at least where to leave the movie for anyone um so yeah watch it enjoy it it's worth kind of going to see but i'm not sure it will stay with you much after that and i definitely think the first one's better Thank you.